What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Top Drawer Podcast. Adam and Alex back here with you again. Match Week 21 is in the books. Uh, Match Week 22 has started. Uh, had a had a slate of games that, for whatever reason, we decided not to pick last week. It's probably because we still don't have that intern. So whenever we get that intern, you're punished again. Um, yeah, I mean, you're on two strikes now. We're we're looking probation, at a, a formal write up. I mean, at, something. At, at, the, the, it's yeah. got to change because if it doesn't, uh, yeah. whomever you are, I don't I don't see this partnership lasting much longer. No, this um, behavior is unacceptable. But yeah, we had a lot of matches played since last time we chatted with you all uh, on on a positive positive note on one end. Uh, Liverpool have, for two matches in a row now, shown that they can still indeed allegedly score goals. Um, you guys are still mm. uh, fighting up at the top of the table. Uh, you had a little dip, I believe, on the uh, yeah. on that last on the first match of the last week. Um, but indeed, uh, not too much to shake up. We also had the closing of the January transfer window, which for all intents and purposes, no big splashes, I wouldn't say, uh, but going through the list, pretty busy. Uh, yeah, there was quite a bit. I mean, a lot of loan deals going on people, players returning to clubs and then re being sent out back on loan. Um, yeah, no, no massive, massive names. I don't think. I mean, there's definitely a little bit to chew on around here. Uh, Liverpool decided that they were gonna, you know, take the band-aids from within and bring band-aids from other teams. Yeah, we'll we'll spend some do. time and get in on that in a little bit. Um, but you know, hey, whatever. Some people, it's it's clear every time the window is open. Some people pay attention to the sport, not for the sport themselves, but just because it's FIFA, right? It's just Football Manager. And all they care about is what players can they get in only to then ceremoniously um, the following season ask for their replacements to then be brought in. So uh, odd times, odd times. But there were some matches played. Let me get off the ESPN college basketball screen here. I got to stop paying attention to gambling. We're doing something mm-hmm. right now. Um, a good run of games. uh some some slips, some misses, uh, some hits. I know uh, last week when we were when we were doing our our picks, I made the mention of um, of the Burnley match. How you know? I think we said something about Aston Villa. I was like, you know, Burnley's just going to show up, and it's going to be typical Burnley. And what happened? They go three two against Aston Villa, and it was far more entertaining and enjoyable than any Burnley match has any business being. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Sean Deitch is listening and he, he oh was fed God. up with your nonsense. Well, and, and don't, don't worry, please don't turn off the podcast. Everyone. We're not going to dissect Burnley Aston Villa. It's just a, you know, just no. a, we're just going to sprinkle through, but, but you know, I said I was going to start betting with my, not betting, but picking my games with my head and not my heart. Uh, you'll get into those numbers later that uh, the lie mm-hmm. detector determined. Well, not the lie detector. Uh, it turned out to be a bad idea because neither of us fared well. But one of the things I said, I, I no. think uh, we talked about United and Sheffield. And we took it and I said, normally this might be a spot where I pick Sheffield United because it's a hope against hope kind of thing. <clears throat> and sure enough, you guys yeah. tripped up. Now, 
Yeah, shit the bed, uh, I think, is the science. You said it, so I, I'll just, uh, I won't protest. However, you guys were uh, in keeping mm. up with the uh, the uh, the theme of the VAR tenure. Uh, you guys allegedly were VAR'd. Yeah, we were. So the a report came out, you know, they issue reports to managers of both squads after after the matches, after a couple of days. So we had a couple of decisions that were uh, um, fouls that, that we caused that disallowed goals uh, that would have taken us into the lead or at minimum have tied the game at certain points. Um, and so after the match came out, uh, or came out these reports, and Solskjaer uh, brought up to a press conference, I think on Monday, maybe Sunday, and uh, he said, yeah, so a decision should have disallowed one Sheffield goal, and a decision that disallowed one of ours later in the match was incorrect as well. And so that would have flipped the scoreline 2-1 in our favor. You know, we'd be sitting three points clear at the league as today, but, you know, we're not. Fair enough. I mean... So. It had a bunch of things like that that week. I mean, Roman Abramovich has shown um, tremendous growth, I think, as he has still not fired Thomas Teichel, mm. uh, at, who is still trophyless yeah. after two matches in charge. So you've got that going for you. Like I said, Liverpool Correct. remembered they can score. They took down Tottenham 3-1. Uh, Serge Aurier allegedly mm-hmm. left the grounds at halftime when he was subbed off. I didn't see this until after, and I, I didn't... Yeah. yeah, so he gets subbed off. So Firmino scores like literally at the death uh, in the first half. And it was a ball that came in wide and walked in and he was right there and tapped it in. Um, but it was something that a chance that Liverpool had earlier in the game. Um, and so this was allegedly something that, surprise, pissed off Mourinho. And apparently they had a had at it and he subbed him off at half. And supposedly i mean he legit left the stadium like didn't didn't like stay in the locker room for the second half but so you know we've got this compressed year where they're playing all the matches but there wasn't an off season there wasn't this and that because of covid and so it Mm -hmm. seems that jose himself is compressing his tenure where he's actually losing the locker room in year two rather than in year three so something to keep an eye on there um Looking forward next week, moving on. We're just kind of browsing through. Um, you guys then trip up again a little bit to Arsenal, nil-nil. Yeah. Go to go to Arsenal, just a snooze fest of a nil-nil draw. I mean, three shots on target apiece, shared possession just about, just a bunch of, a lot of nothing, right? I mean, not the game, so you lose a hard one to... Sheffield, not the game you wanna you wanna give points away at. Right. I get it's Arsenal, right. but it's Arsenal at the same time. It's this year's Arsenal. Again, another a couple. There was a couple of surprises, right? So then you get Fulham, West Brom, who both have no business scoring more than one goal in any match, and both of them score two goals. They draw mm-hmm. two two. Man City, of course, everyone saw this coming. They win one nil over Sheffield, and then correct because Sheffield and then just Newcastle bringing out all the guns. They dropped the Toffees 2-0. I mean, after Everton just drew Leicester the few days prior, 1-1. So just a real upside-down handful of days. 
Yeah, I mean, and then you look at uh, Leeds going out and putting three on Leicester their next match. Yeah. You know? Okay, well, it's what's just, going on it's around one here? Of those, it's been one of those years, and it continues to be. Uh, Liverpool got a nice win against an inform. West Ham um, lost. Mm. And uh, Serge Aure less uh, yeah. Tottenham drops it yep. 1-0 yep. to well, Brighton. Also, but to be fair, uh, a uh, Tariq Lamptey less Brighton. Well, apparently, I guess he's had a, a pulled hamstring, which I don't think we've mm. been on top of our Brighton news. So forgive us. Um, and then Chelsea get their first; they get their first win uh, over Burnley. Couldn't have happened to a worse team. So happy for Thomas. Mm. Um, and then, like we said, we we forgot to pick uh, the matches today. If you guys had the over in combined goals scored uh, on all matches today through some of the various sports book like Barstool, congratulations, as I believe Manchester United probably took care of that on, on their own. Covered. Um, 9-0. I believe so. Yeah, that was a fun one to watch. I was I ending saw, my work day watching I saw that a stat that today that was pretty it. cool. I had to write it down because I didn't want to forget it. Uh, Southampton, this is the first time they've lost 9-0 since last year. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's only been three teams ever in the Premier League era, or two teams three times ever in the Premier League era to score nine goals. That is the record, nine goals. Uh, or a nine-nil. Margin of victory, uh, I believe, uh, yes. Uh, yes, this is this is the word. And the first one was 1995, Manchester United over Ipswich. Then last year, Leicester over Southampton, nine-nil. And then this year, nine-nil, Manchester United over Southampton. So Southampton... Oof. I mean, let's just, I don't think we're going to get into this too much, but, uh, you know, Dan James scored, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe Southampton has to be relegated now. Is, is that them, those the new them's rules? is the rules. Dan James scores against you in a Premier League match. You're relegated. I mean, he was spoon-fed the goal by Bruno Fernandez with a lovely cushioned header, looped it over the one defender blocking him, and then he just shuffled his feet with the ball into the back of the net. And, and actually, yeah. to be fair, I guess the real one should be Aaron Wan-Bissaka scored. So that I think that's it's like the two-headed. So if Aaron Wan-Bissaka scores and Dan James score against you in the that's same game. It. Because Aaron Wan-Bissaka ha- had the, the top-of-the-net roofer at St. Ja- James's Park against Newcastle early in the year. And I think they'll stay up, but it's because there wasn't the combined. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you both threat. didn't get them. So that really, exactly. uh, that really doesn't. I mean, the early, early red card, which uh, definitely dangerous play by the young. Uh, I, I didn't write his name down. Nineteen years old, I think, on his debut for Arsenal. Is, is that what I or for Southampton? Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah, it's. One I of just those. had his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah you guys know who the hell we're talking about. Um, keep going, Alex, or you, you keep looking. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's right here. Uh, Alex Jenkins. Yeah. Cause it's Bednarak yeah. was the other one that went out and that was stuck in front yeah. of my head. Um, he goes out after trying to take McTominay's balls off. Um, in, in complete fairness, what in the hell were you, was he doing? Yeah. I mean, it was just full studs, flat foot right to the knee. But it wasn't I mean, even that. It was like in this space, right. That like, is a foot ever like? Is there ever a play other than trying to gouge someone with your studs? Mm. Like, does the foot ever access like that space, like that, yeah, like yeah. out in front of your body? Like, so it was weird to see like 
why would you even think to go in like that, man? Like, yeah, I've never seen a Spartan kick as a footballer yeah. move. I, I I don't know what, what was the plan. I get he was a you know young young player on his debut, but that's just not it. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Rashford. He uh, I saw like literally in like the first five minutes, Twitter was already ablaze about how many touches he likes to take inside the opponent's box when he has the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he got on, mm-hmm. he got on with the goal. Uh, El Matador, Martial, he went for a dive. Uh, and Fernandez, of course, gets his penalty. So all is right with the world. I'll tell you uh, something that was evident this this match, but also the last probably month, two months, three months, Luke Shaw has been the best attacking fullback in the Premier League, he's got the most uh, assists and most um, uh, chances created, whatever the statistic you want to call it is, uh, out of any fullback in the league. He had two assists today. He could, and he came off at halftime. He almost had a third assist, and he came off at halftime just to rest him for the Everton game on the weekend. The man's in fantastic. It's form. like the Aaron Rodgers effect, right? Go ahead and draft Jordan Love, and then Aaron Rodgers has an MVP season, so they buy. Mm-hmm. They buy Tellez, Tellez. And now Shaw's like, all right, I guess. You're right. You guys haven't had a left back this whole season, but now you got one. It's like, fuck, all right. And it's it's especially Alex Tellez is predominantly an attacking wing back as a left back. Well, I mean, so that's the like, whole, exactly. Right, now you really got it, yeah. That's the whole point of what he was purchased was like, okay, we might sacrifice a little, but we'll at least have something going forward where prior we didn't have anything going forward nor anything at the back. So yeah. what the fuck? And so, but Shaw just went, all right, I'll turn it on. There's a switch in here I got, which, you know what? I appreciate it. I'll take it. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? And so for Southampton, I mean, this was cataclysmic last year, the 9-0 loss to Leicester. Mm -hmm. They went flying after it. I mean, absolutely flying. So they kind of had a little bit of a dip in form leading up to this. They hadn't been looking so great. Saw another absolute travesty um of a var decision and this one wasn't scoring with an armpit uh i think it was bednarek who had the goal from a set piece yeah um and they were literally the line is checking the wrists it's mm-hmm. the wrists of the united defender and the wrists of bednarek what? and it's like wait if he yeah if he would have, I don't think it, it shouldn't have been risk for either no, player. I, like, I was like, why? Are, why is this what we're looking at? Like at this point, it's like, okay, this isn't like yeah. you can legally you can score with the armpit. Like it wasn't even that. Like okay, yeah. legally you can't score with that part of his body. Like so, what are we doing here? Uh, this this match had, I mean, it was all pain for for Southampton, understandably, but it had everything you wanted. It had Mike Dean was double say. red cards. It had VAR penalties, both given and taken away once called. I mean, and and both of them were wrong decisions. The first penalty that was called and then reviewed and taken away was a penalty. The second one that was called, reviewed, and then stood as a penalty shouldn't have been a penalty. Like you show, <laughs> if you were to show me the graphic I'm looking at now on the Premier League website. That shows the red card at two minutes, shows the own goal, shows the other red card, all the yellow cards, and then the nine goals. Without me reading at the very top left, I go, as Mike Dean. It's Mike Dean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bar none. No one loves Mike Dean more than Mike Dean. You know, Mike Dean is so unbelievably popular and famous for being Mike Dean. that I don't know if you've seen this. It was on, uh, I saw it on Instagram, but it was a TikTok video. And it was a couple highlights of Mike Dean giving cards to yeah. 
Dougie. Oh, the fantastical ways he does it. Well, no, it was it was him. I'll have to find. So my wife sent it to me the other night, like her, and she doesn't follow, like she doesn't know, <laughs> you know, her ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to something like these, like this. But it was Mike Dean, and giving some cards out over uh, teach me how to Dougie, like just like the drum, <laughs> the drum loop. But there was yeah. some filter that like was like a moving like carnival mirror. So like his hips were like always like mo- like his body was like moving <laughs> like he was doing the worm standing up. And there's one where he like comes up like right to De Bruyne and he goes yellow then red and it's perfect. I'll have to find it and post it on, yeah. on the. But I, I I aside from that, this game had everything because it had my Dean, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's only fitting that it was a nine nil. Down to yeah, nine. What, yeah. And I wonder when was the last time the Premier League had a match day with two teams down to nine men? Yeah, Arsenal down nine and uh, Southampton. So Leno gets the red card. Intern, intern. Right. And I'm out of coffee too. Um, yeah. Arsenal. Uh, Leno gets the second straight. He gets a straight red for the second for handling the ball. Louise gets. We were talking about this prior. I mean. Uh, I forget who it was for Wolves through on goal. And as he's running the bottom of his studs kick up into the front of Louise's knee, but like as he's chasing ever him down. so slightly. So I guess by the, by the law, he impeded him. Like if he wasn't there, he wouldn't have tripped, but I mm-hmm. saw a tweet that, that kind of really posed the question that, you know, red cards are being given, for accidents you know mm-hmm. like a red card a straight red i mean and i even started thinking about um the uh the first one for southampton as yeah, dangerous as it was right and i'm not saying i don't think it's a red I, I think it should be but i think there's a discussion to be had just from a philosophical point that probably should be had all the time and maybe it is had by officials and the league but mm. that's got to be a really good example, I would think, of in the offseason looking at it and saying, what do we really think about this? Yeah. Because it's not malicious. It was stupid, mm. right? I mean, it, was, it was a dumb challenge. But it's, yeah, a perfect, I... it's a perfect situation because it's two minutes in. He hasn't done anything else, right? Because mm. the game just started. He comes in really heavy. With his foot in a position it should never have been in. And so I'm okay with it being red. I'd just be really, it'd be cool to, well, maybe not because I don't have much faith in them. But the idea of seeing that taken apart by rules experts, the people who craft the rules, although I'm not positive they know what they are, and the officials, and understanding like, okay, do we want this to be a red? And maybe, maybe we do. But I think that idea of like, look, it it was an accident. There was nothing prior. It wasn't malicious. Like, mm-hmm. is this a yellow? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact uh, letter of the law for the rules for for red card. I mean, there's definitely a, um, you know, dangerous uh, dangerous action or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then there's the malicious intent. I don't know that there has to be both for a red. And there may not if be. The, I mean, because if the, if there does if there does have to be both, then yeah, there, I don't believe that there was malicious intent in in um, 
uh, the Southampton players foul. However, there has to be, I, there, there's no way that there has to be a two prong uh, test like that because sometimes it's just dangerous. Dangerous conduct is dangerous conduct. It, and that's and so just gotta be something. Another example of that was a few years ago when Sadio Mane uh, karate kid uh, Ederson in the face. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he had his boot up high, but Ederson was also 20 yards outside of his box where he, all he could do was throw his head at it in the right. open field of play where Sadio Mane is tracking a ball in the air while running, going to play. Like, what is he supposed to do? Not play the ball for fear right. of a goalie throwing his face into it? Like, you know what I mean? It was one of those, like, yeah, I know he kicked him in the face. I'm not disputing that. But, like, how did we get here? Why did he kick him in the face? Well, his eyes were on the ball. He was going to play the ball as he was mm-hmm. in motion. And at the same time, Ederson was nowhere near his where he, you know, should have been or his 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 home position and is throwing himself into a situation where the player has every right to try to play the ball. I mean, because right. if he's not there and Sadio Mane brings that ball down with his foot like that, it's not a dangerous play. It's only a dangerous play because the player threw his face into it. Now this is exactly. this is clearly different because you know McTominay didn't throw his nuts into it. He yeah. was just there. So, but it's just it's kind of this theory, and we see it where because of VAR and you know these toenail fractions of offsides are being called, and it's like okay, well, what do we really want it to be? We talked about it um, in the rules, um, the international break episode we did is like the mm-hmm. fourth episode, right, with Wenger's proposed ideas, and we talked yeah. about what. What really is the idea of offsides? Well, it's it's this advantage that's being given. And we're seeing that these offsides being given aren't advantages that are yeah. that are being had illegally by an offensive side. So I mm-hmm. I'm not holding my breath for any of these deep philosophical, you know, come to God moments when it comes to how these rules are applied, but the the tweet really did kind of make it like, yeah, you know, just because it technically falls under that category, like, do we really want all of them to be called like that? Yeah. Well, and so just a, a step back one point, getting away from the the red card position, we you had mentioned that Southampton last year, after their 9-0 defeat to Leicester, was their kind of, I don't know if it was a tipping point, maybe the tipping point was prior to the 9-0, and that was just a, a symptom of it. But, you know, so they just lost today 9-0, and that's four losses in a row out of their last five. They're tied on, They're in 12th place, tied on points with 13th place Crystal Palace, and have a 26-point uh, 14th place Wolves sitting ready to pounce. Uh, and then behind that, it's a couple 22-point having uh, Burnley and Newcastle sides. Oh. So I'm not saying that Southampton's going to be in a re- relegation fight, but you know they could quickly find themselves in 16th place, you know, sitting with 29 points after the next two or three games. So they really need to uh, um, tighten the screws, I think, as it were. Um, it doesn't help that they're going to have two men gone for the next three games. Um, well, uh, you know, were they... we'll see how... Straight Reds. Yeah, that's right. The third, the second one was also. Well, and so, I mean, this is a team that was, what, third? How many weeks ago? Yeah. Fourth? Hell, they were they were first about two months oh, ago. Yeah, a while, yeah. But, I mean, even even still, just, just a bit yeah. ago, I mean, they were third or fourth. And now here yeah. they are. 
and a tailspin. So Alpine Klopp needs to figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and to be fair to them also, they're only, out, out of European spots, fifth and sixth, they're only four four points away, right, from being in fifth. Well, and so that's so, the whole. In all fairness, yeah. if they if they yeah. tighten it up, they can they can kind of. I don't think they're going to be in Champions League places come the end of the season, but they can kind of you know if they can steady the ship, they'll be all right. They'll Agreed. Be all right. But, a, a result you know, we'll here. See a result there. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's but, the season so far. I mean. Yeah. You look and you're like, oh my god, they're almost in the basement. You're like, yeah, but they're also like almost top six. So right. All right. Well. A decent, an entertaining couple of weeks. I mean, today, I know you probably don't want to talk about it. It's, I mean, but we'll do it real quick, I guess, you know. Again, three total goals scored between West Brom and Sheffield. Didn't see that coming. Mm -mm. Um, But, you know. uh, That was one of my parlay games. Big Sam can't do jack squat for my betting. Well. Or for West Brom, for that matter. But the other thing that we talked about was that the transfer window has closed. Um, and so some teams made uh, a few moves. You know, you've got Liverpool finally decided to buy some uh, defenders. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for two reasons. Uh, one reason is all the virgins on football Twitter. I mean, this is a, this is a team whose ownership group took them out almost out of, um, oh, what's the term? What's the financial term? Why am I losing it? Fair play? No, no, no. They were broke. They were about to go bankrupt. Uh, Hicks and Gillette basically took them and, and spoiled everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so Fenway Sports Group came in and, and made a sustainable. First, we have to sell to buy, and now they're in a sustainable way. And they didn't want to buy anybody, right? It was, you know, COVID and yada, yada. And, of course, all of these 13-year-olds on, on Twitter turned that into, oh, the they got to save money so they can buy another boat, you know. But so finally, right? But what do they do? They go and they get a Ben Davies, right? Who was yeah. going to sign for Celtic, right? Just like, you know, another defender that we had, mm-hmm. right? Virgil van Dyke played at Celtic. So now we've just cut out the middleman. We're so just going right spending, to Preston. Exactly. So instead of spending 75 million pounds on him in four years... We'll just buy him before he goes to Celtic for one and a half million. Mm-hmm. And then they get uh, Ozan Kabak from Schalke, who they were looking at in September and were quoted a price between 30 and 40 million pounds. Schalke's in some turmoil. Their results show it. Mm-hmm. He also had a spitting incident recently that was not good, but you know, he's still a 20 year old kid. But so they get him for like a five, I think it was 500,000 or a million million dollars in a, a loan fee mm-hmm. with an option to buy for 18 million. So it's basically a trial for a kid at, and then at half the cost, if you want to buy him at the end of it. Yeah. So, and a target that they wanted in general. So not a bad deal. I mean, uh, you know, with, with Matt tip going out for the rest of the season, something had, to, something had to give. We talked about this two or three weeks ago. I think uh, uh, on our boxing day episode, you know, we talked about do, were they going to get somebody in January just to plug the holes, and, and you know we weren't certain if if they would. I, I thought that they needed to at least buy somebody in case another injury happens or something. So it's nice to see them spending the money now. Twenty five year old Ben Davis coming from the Championship from Preston, 
and then a 20-year-old kid from a failing Schalke team, you know, we'll see. Because I imagine they're one of them's going right in the side in the next match. To be fair, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they won't. Um, we've got Brighton today. Well, tomorrow for us. Today for you all. Uh, and then Man City. So it's weird. You want to play maybe one of them. It's definitely just to definitely not be have, Brighton. Yeah. Well, but do you want to have Man City as their debut? No, you're right. So. But do you want to have, I mean, are they going to be ready regardless for Man City, right? So who knows? I mean, Klopp's gone this long and got enough results out of it. I mean, I'm I- sure he'll, if, if Fabinho can go, and even if he can't, I mean, Matt Phillips and Jordan Henderson will, will if Fabinho can't, will probably be the ones. I mean, I could see Ben Davies coming in for, you know, 30 minutes on against Brighton, assuming you guys aren't like down 2-0 or something to Brighton, right? Right. Um, you know. Lord willing. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, get him 30 minutes um, against Brighton. And, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't see him starting against City, but I could see something where if a defender's needed in the second half sub, you, you would not be afraid to put him on the pitch. Now, because Dav- Davis, although it's championship, is still playing English ball, right? And there's still a level, even though being in championship, that I won't say a level that's above German first flight, but there's a toughness level that you don't get in any other league, even if it is a championship league. Right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I guess it'll be it'll be interesting. But at the same time, I mean, it's like it's hard to slate. Be like, well, it's a 20 year old defender from the Bundesliga and a 25 year old Davies from the championship. Cool. We're playing a 19 year old that was at its highest level was League Two in England, and a 21 year old who almost played at the University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's who we've been using you know, alongside a defensive midfielder and our, you know, our central midfielder captain, right? True. Like, so, True. yeah. But uh, also, uh, Takumi Minamino, uh, who at one point was referred to as my godson, has gone on loan to Southampton. Not soon enough for Southampton, I imagine. Yeah, he needs to get some run, and it's a good side. Um, but something that's maybe a bit, and this is kind of the weird thing, uh, something that's a bit more, probably the biggest headline is, um, so let me, let me back up. Uh, another one I wanted to mention, um, Josh King is at Everton mm-hmm. uh, on loan from Bournemouth. So we'll see how that goes. We talked about that earlier in the year is do they need you know another striker Calvert-Lewin got some knocks and some injuries kind of cooled down Richarlison still doesn't have an end product what do they do where do Mm. they find those goals to complement the quality they have in midfield so I think Josh King is an interesting pickup for them real cheap and it's on a loan I mean yeah he's he can he knows how to score goals in the Premier League already. I mean, he doesn't exactly. bag, he doesn't bag twenty a season, but he knows how to put the ball in the back of the net in top division. So I think it's a good exactly. Pick up. But if you look at the top of the alphabetical list at Arsenal, um, they bring in the young uh, Norwegian starlet mm. uh, Martin Odegaard uh, from Real Madrid on loan. Um, but it's not so much who they brought in, but who all went out. Um, a lot of people were having laughs at Liverpool, possibly getting Mustafi on a free, and ha, ha, ha. Turns out they were close. He was just the linchpin in getting Kabek from Schalke because Mustafi goes, cancels his contract. He goes to Schalke. Schalke then uh, sells Ozan to Liverpool. Uh, Koscielnik 
He goes out on loan to Schalke also. Um, Socrates, he's released. Um, Mustafi, Joe Willick uh, goes on loan to Newcastle. And then free at last, free at last. Mesut Ozil is free at last. He signs and goes to Fenerbahce. Um, And so it kind of made me want to remember. Let's remember some guys, right? Let's remember Mesut Ozil. Yeah. Because he's just been put in this purgatory for forever, it seems. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Like he's some, you know, Jimmy Greaves, right? Yeah. Like like our, our grandfather told us about him. But it's not very long ago that he was at the top of his game uh, in the national side and playing under Wenger there in England. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do you, what's your, what's your personal opinion and feeling on the player? Not, not what happened and the benching and the, how is he going to kick on at, at Fenerbahce? But what on the whole, how do you rate, Mesut Ozil as a footballer in England. I mean, I right now I have him in my head as this guy who who doesn't put a work rate out, would never put a shift in both defensively or if he wasn't feeling like it offensively at times. And that, that, that leads to a lot of benchings and not playing a lot of games. That's in my head the image that I have of him. When he does play, he's great, but he generally doesn't. And so he's just a nobody who's just kind of taking up room on the pitch. The issue is when I turn and I look at some of the stats, just general starts versus goals and assists type of general stats like that, the the three or four years that he played 30, you know, 26 to 30 plus games, he was putting in, you know, he put anywhere from five to 10 goals in. He'd have assists in double digits. Now, those aren't great figures. Like it's not, it's no Bruno Fernandez, we'll say, but you know, it looks like he put his puts in the work. Now we could dive a little more into the meta to see how much of those did they actually win. If did he give up balls defensively that led to goals and things like that. But uh, this connotation that he's not one who plays and when he does play is okay at best or good at best. I don't. I don't think the stats bear that out. And I think he's got a bad rap. I mean, I couldn't tell you why he's been benched and not been playing for the last basically three years, right? last year he played 18 games. He's probably played maybe six games this year. I couldn't tell you. And I don't know, I couldn't tell you why that was, right? If you put him on the pitch, you give him 30 games a year, he's going to get you eight goals. He's going to get you 19 assists, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it and, and I put I brought up a comparison and we were talking about, you know, who who should we line him up against? So if we kind of take handful of players that are similar and maybe stature and, and positionally and, and what they're expected to do and take like the best four years. Right. Um, so I've got Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, Eden Hazard, uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Philippe Coutinho. And we try, I tried to grab a four year window of being in England. Um, all pretty much the same. I was only able to get three years for, um, or I got four years for Coutinho uh, one of them was his year that he went to Barcelona. So a little down on the matches played, but, you know, goals, Sanchez has the lead far and away. Uh, assists, De Bruyne with 65 over, you know, his his four-year span, including up to this year. 
but you kind of look at, at total goal involvements and there's only a, it's only Alexis Sanchez that's ahead of him. So Mesut Ozil from 2013 and 14 to 2017 and 18 with Arsenal, 27 goals, 51 assists. Uh, none of those penalty kicks. I mean, that's, that's per 90, that's 0.58 goals and assists, you know, contributions per game. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Kevin De Bruyne. It's a bit higher uh, right there with Alexis Sanchez, but it's, it's, I feel like Ozil was the perfect player to have for Arsene Wenger, but he just came like mm-hmm. too late in his tenure. Too late, yeah. You know, Olivier Giroud was there, but they just didn't have that prolific front, right? Oxley mm-hmm. Chamberlain never kicked on. Uh, Wilshire. Theo they, Walcott. They, they, yeah, yeah, they had these young players that had this promise that was supposed to be this next class that just never really took. Yeah. Um, you know, I had Sanchez who who banged for those few years there. Um, but it just, it's weird. It's one of those guys that, like you said earlier with Ben Davies, you know, there's this whole different way that's done in England. And you take him and you put him in Germany, you put him back in uh, Spain, and you get that uh, that ability to just kind of create that space, mm-hmm. that freedom, because the the defense is is so much different, and you really see like how good he was, yeah. right? Well, that was the thing. A lot of people, you know, when when he first came to the league, it was a question, and then it persists throughout his career here at Arsenal or at Arsenal, I should say, uh, was, you know, the defensive capabilities. It's the question with all attacking mids. Uh, it's, you know, are they going to put in a shift coming back to, to defend? And, you know, it kind of, as they get more prolific in the attacking and goal scoring, you sacrifice that, but you're hoping they kind of just come back and maybe stand in the way a little bit. Mezit didn't like to do that. He's from Real Madrid. And so... You can have that criticism, and it is fair. But you look at Alexis Sanchez's best year at Arsenal was 16-17. He had 24 goals and 10 assists with 38 matches played. That's pretty good. And then that same year, uh, 16-17 for Mezit was probably his best year. Eight goals and 10 assists. And Arsenal finished fifth. Now, I don't know everything else that was happening. I can't pull to my memory banks of Arsenal in 2017. But the idea that they finished fifth and two players had over probably over 35 goals and combined for over uh, 20 assists, if I can do my math in my head right. Yeah, two players is golden boot status era, and they're both attacking midfielders. If you're asking them to put in shifts and then also contribute in this way going forward, I don't think you have your team built correctly, right? And I I don't think the criticism is entirely fair to say, I need you back on the back line, but then also, can you please bag me 20 goals or 20 assists this season? I don't know that that's an entirely fair assumption to have of somebody. And then when they don't fulfill that expectation, now we're going to bench them for, for... 20 games out of the year well it's the england issue right you know i mean you look at it in other countries and, and they basically say well if if i have a Lionel messi if i have a mesut ozil if i have this player of this immense offensive capability and quality what why why do i want to handcuff him with adding that right let's mm-hmm. let's allow him to do what he's best at 
and everybody else can do and then you know the game's a bit different but i don't know i'm glad to see that he's going to be out and he's going to be playing uh i think it's one of those players that it just didn't england wasn't the right right space for him i just don't i think he you know you would have saw probably so much more if he was able to stay in uh you know even even in italy right even if he could have went to italy Mm -hmm. germany stayed in spain whatever but you know such yeah. is life. He he was a, a guy that I always I always had uh, pegged for PSG. Uh, you know, his first two years at Arsenal gave him, you know, five goals, nine assists. First year, four goals, five assists. The next year, and you know, something like that. Moving on to PSG, where he can probably just bag whatever he wants, or as anybody could uh, right. at PSG. Uh, but then right after that, it started working out for him at Arsenal. Two more years of 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 pretty decent returns, and then. It just fades away, but also it coincides with him not playing. Angel Di Maria, he seems like the obviously different positions, but this really good offensive player comes from Spain, lands in England, has a rough go of it, jumps ship, and then goes back to a place that allows him to just play his offensive style. Right. right? And so it's funny you say PSG because I mean that's literally the route he went yeah. and. His career went back up. Memphis yeah. Depay, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. In France, and I, I get it. I know. Farmers League. I get it. But they, they've got the talent. You know, Di Maria never didn't have the talent. Mm-hmm. Depay didn't, you know, it wasn't just not there, right? Right. So, but you know, it's the English, the English way, right? The it it way. really is. And, and you know... We we love the English league because it's it is the best league around. But you know we a lot of times there's a lot of casualties when it comes to this league. Players that generally are good players anywhere else and and just good in their own right come here and it kind of crushes them under the weight of what the expectation of 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 how the play is. And it's that's like, unfortunate. It's like when Prince Oberon goes up against the mountain mm-hmm. in Game of Thrones, and you've just got this brute that just gets. He gets bested, right? Yeah. But at the end, you know, it's still, you know, you've got this this beautiful offensive attacking talent, and he's got to go up against fucking Ben Me, mm-hmm. right? He's Blows get his, out or something. Yeah, he's yeah. got to get his legs kicked for seventy five minutes rather than yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. Uh, well, in, in remembrance, indeed. And so, uh, Mesodozil. Yep. You know, have fun in Turkey, going home, going back to the, uh, his home country, going back to, I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's his boy club, Fenerbahce, but uh, you know what, I think he's going to have a good enjoy, time. Enjoy the real kebabs instead of oh, just the English kebab stands. Talk about a country I'd love to go to, just not in 30 years right ago? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, so before we move completely away from the transfer market, there was one story that I want to bring up, and forgive me, it is not English related. In fact, it's a mixture of French and Spanish related. So, Andrea Vs Boas was the manager at Marseille. Was yeah. being the operative word. The end of the transfer window happened. He went to sleep that day and then woke up and did a press conference only to be asked questions about why did his club purchase and what uh, um, place does uh, a player named Olivier Natchum have. In the side. Well, that was news to uh, Boss. AVB, yeah. Yeah, so he goes back and has some conversations with the club. 
This was a player that he apparently specifically told he did not want and did not fit his system. They bought him anyways, and he proceeded to hand in his resignation rather theatrically, both in press conference and apparently written as well. Now, I see conflicting reports of they just accepted his resignation, and I see other reports saying they fired him. I think what happened is he went to go turn it in, and they went, you're quitting? And he went, yeah. He's like, well, you can't quit because we fire you. And he went, well, you can't fire me because I quit. And they're kind of doing this office space back and forth thing real quick. Well, so That happened. Who was that? That was like back in the 80s. Happened with the Yankees. And I think it was like at his introductory press conference. And Steinbrenner was up there, and mm. that whole thing was like, oh, yeah? And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah? Well, I quit. Well, you can't quit because you're fired. And like, literally <laughs> in front of the press. Like like a Seinfeld sketch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw, so that, I mean, that that's kind of like the least of Marseille's worries right now. Yeah, uh, Marseille's not doing well. In fact, their fans are fighting police outside their yeah. uh, training ground. So, I mean, God. there's... You know, as much shit as we give France... Uh, the league. I mean, we do have to remember this is a country that like primes itself with the blood of a uh, revolution. Like mm, every, every 50 like, years. 65 years, there has to be yeah. a revolution in France. Yeah. Yeah. Not so, good. Not good. I wanted to bring that up. Cause that's just some fun. There's always a fun transfer deadline day story, whether it's De Gea in the fax machine at real Madrid, or if it's uh VS Boas uh, office spacing it with uh, the, Marseille upper management. It's like uh it's like that Chappelle show sketch, right? The oil one where he's president. Like who? Oil? Did you, oh. What'd you say? Like Andreas, how how do you feel about so who? Huh? Who? Why are you asking me about who? Shit. Hey. hey, so we didn't do good last week, did we? No. No. Uh for the first time though, you did better than me, so kudos to you on that. Um you know. I'd like to just say before you get into it, we we laid a pretty good case um, for anyone who got these things, got them right, right that that like hit it like a sixty seventy percent clip on these matches that we called last week. You are one of two things: either you're a sharp and kudos, hmm. or two, you're a degen, right? And you just bet so much and you just got lucky, right? Because who is calling like let's just remind everyone i mean i know this is you know 50 minutes in there about uh let's just remind everyone of the wonderful um let's see yes so uh chelsea wolves nil nil burnley 3-2 over aston villa sheffield united 2-1 over united manchester united 2-0 uh newcastle over everton i mean just 1-0 brighton over tottenham who is leads three one i just who uh, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's, who's who's hitting the parlay that's arsenal man united draw uh leads over leicester and then a brighton over tottenham who's hitting that parlay because it's got to be plus three thousand if it yeah this is me just defending my awful picks but yeah anyways so, let's do it again so <laughs> so i went three and 13 my three victories were city Chelsea and Villa was Villa. So it was Villa over Southampton, Chelsea over Burnley, and then City over Sheffield, which that was a lot closer. Yeah, that's a one nil. Right, right. 
Uh, and then you went six and ten. I won't go through all of yours. Uh, you had both Liverpool uh, victories. Um, we both struck out with Man United. You know, just swinging and missing there. Both swinging and missing with Everton. Because whatever. Uh, so, and Aston Villa didn't do us. We both picked Aston Villa as well and, and, and swung and miss on there. And Leicester. You know. What, you know, what are you going to do? I'm over it. All right. But we're ready to do it again this week. That's right. you know what? We're not quitters. We get back on the horse. That's right. That's and we're right. degenerate gamblers. So That's right. So we're going to start with Wednesday's action. Uh, we got um, five matches. Got a full slate. So Burnley host Manchester City. Uh, Manchester City. Yeah, that's a city. Okay. We're going to move through this quickly because I feel like if I dally on it too long, maybe mm-hmm, that's where mm-hmm. my problem is. So I'm just going to rapid fire. So Fulham then hosts Leicester. That's Leicester. Leicester. Leeds hosting Everton. I'm taking Leeds. I'll take Everton just to keep us separate. There we go. Aston Villa versus West Ham. I'm going to take West Ham to get to bounce back after losing to Liverpool. I'm taking Villa. Liverpool, Brighton. I got Liverpool. Liverpool it is all the way around. I'm really excited to see this coming match on Thursday. It's the only one of the day Spurs are hosting Chelsea. Because Spurs are just in, they're almost just forgotten. Yeah. Like no one talks about them anymore. They're not fun anymore. You know, they're not losing every match, but I can't remember the last, you know, they just seem like, I don't know, have they been shut down because of COVID, right? And just not mm-hmm. been doing anything for 10 weeks? Because that's what it feels like to me. Um, so Spurs hosting Chelsea. I don't I don't think Spurs get off the snide here. I think Chelsea wins. Nah, Spurs have a lot uh two back to back losses, one against Brighton and one against Liverpool. I think Chelsea are coming off a two win streak. No. So yeah, Chelsea one, it is. One and a draw. But there yes. it is, yeah, yeah. All right. So now we move uh to the weekend. So Saturday's matches start with Aston Villa hosting Arsenal. Uh, I don't know what to think of this match. So let's. I'm just gonna put this out here. Let's put uh, scores on this one. Okay, I'm into it. Uh, so it's, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's an early match. You know what? Okay, so I'll go. I'll go Villa. What am I gonna give? See, I want to take Villa, but Villa's fallen off a bit too. But Arsenal's gonna be without. Well, this is my. This was gonna be my question because I didn't watch the Arsenal game where they double red, d- double straight reds. So Leno's was, and then if Louise so was, was goal scoring opportunity, guess. then yeah, it should be straight red. Let me let me let me double check. Right, we want to make sure we're. Yeah, I mean, because I have Villa winning uh, in the midweek. Um, yeah, these are straight reds. West Ham. Straight so, reds. Yeah, give me Villa. Give me yeah. Villa two one, two one for Villa for Adam. But see, David Luiz is going to be out. So d- does that give me Arsenal now? <laughs> right, like he's always, maybe... he's always good for a couple own goals. I don't oh, know. I, who, I don't now. know who Ars- that's. Give me Villa. I don't know who Arsenal's yeah. backup keeper is. I, if yeah. every Martinez was still there, I might take Arsenal. Um, but... Yeah, I'm actually going to stick with Villa on this one as well. Um, you know what? I'm going to have a little fun with it, though. We're going to do a 3-0. All right. In the, geez, this should have been the early match. Burnley hosting Brighton. My God. Yeah, not a I'm taking fan. Brighton because fuck Burnley. Uh, I'm going to have a lovely nil-nil draw here. 
That is that's why it should be the early match. Mm-hmm. Newcastle hosts Southampton. Now this is a match Newcastle or that Southampton needs after that nine nil drubbing. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Southampton to bounce back. I'm gonna take Newcastle. I think this is a slip similar to last year. So you think Southampton bounce back also, except your bounce is off the concrete. Is Correct. that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Understood. And then it immediately deflates when it bounces off the yes, concrete. Yes, understood. Okay. Uh, Fulham, uh, around the lunchtime, Fulham is hosting West Ham. Yeah, I got West Ham on this one. Yep, same. Now, this match is a place after my own heart. Uh, Manchester United host Everton. Shoot me in the face. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to take Man United here. 9-0. They're going to be riding high. Hopefully, they don't uh, be too cocky about it. But I think we're going to be sitting all right. Give me a draw here. You want to score on it or no? No. You want fries with that? No. Just get the hell out of here, draw. All right. All right. So we're moving on to Sunday. Uh, Spurs look to bounce back. Is the battle of we didn't even come here to play football managers. Jose Mourinho and Big Sam Spurs host West Brom Sunday at 7 a.m. I mean, as dreadful as Tottenham has been over the last couple of weeks, it's West Brom. I got to yeah. pick Tottenham. Although Harry Kane, do we know how long he's out? Because we didn't, we know, we didn't, I want to take a time out and talk about this. So Harry Kane injured his ankle, I think both ankles, but he came off because of an injury to his ankle uh, against Liverpool, where the video shows him looking to do the Harry Kane, the patented look at the defender and then back into him. Yep. Now, Henderson didn't jump. It wasn't anything like that, but something odd happened, and he and he tweaked his ankle. Um, I'm I'm seeing around here two weeks as my just general Googling goes. And that's an optimistic two weeks, but that's not in time for West Brom. No, no. Still, I'll take Spurs as well. <laughs> All of that just stuff. All right. <laughs> Wolves host Leicester, 9 o'clock. I don't, Lester. Give me Wolves. You know, I I hitched my wagon to the Lester's, you know, boat's going to fill up with water eventually. Maybe it'll happen. Give me Wolves. Um, Liverpool, Man City, the match of the week. This Uh, is my shoot me in the face match. Yes, yes, indeed. That's funny that they did that actually. Wow, United and and Everton and Liverpool, Man City. The Mank and the Merseysides going against each other. It's very interesting. I've got Liverpool. Just because I do. Let me just take a quick siesta and have a look at the table real quick. <laughs> See where go. we're sitting. I mean, what would help United out more is a Liverpool win. I can't root for that, though, because, hey, I don't think it's going to happen. A draw would be nice. Actually, a Liverpool win would be just what I need. But that's not going to happen because City's going to end up putting, like, 18 on you guys or something stupid. Uh-huh. Here it's it comes. Just what, it's just what they do. City it is. All right. Sheffield United at Chelsea. Uh, give me Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea it is. And for the last match of the, which would be, I believe, match week 23, uh, Leeds on Monday night to host Crystal Palace. Give me, well, give me Leeds, I guess. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take Leeds here as well. Because, and one thing that, that's crazy about Leeds is, uh, you know, I look through what I've picked 
that week, thinking if it all comes true, you know, our Leeds will have lost three games in a row. I still have the way they play and just, you know, they could win any match. Well, so that's the thing, right? So Crystal Palace wins a match, or if Crystal Palace goes on a run, or if they score four in a match, you're like, wow, yeah. how the hell did that happen? Right? Did 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 Zaha just stand on his head? Did, like, is mm-hmm. that what it was? Leeds put up six. You're like, okay, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, right. Like, you, you know they have that in them to just put it up. And yet I think we said last week that we're done with Bielsaball because it doesn't seem to be working anymore. Well, it seems like – it doesn't – it's not that it, – it seems like they're done, right? That you know, yeah. they just. But then Bamford goes and does a brace or something. You go, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, so there are no games after Monday until Saturday, at least per our sources, the internet. Yeah. So, so if there's a game on Tuesday, February 9th, and Wednesday, February 10th, I'm gonna have to call this. I, I'm gonna have to call somebody because. Yeah, this is just unacceptable. All right. All right, so those are the picks. We have those. I will keep track of those throughout the week and weekend, um, and we will be sorted there. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're keeping track of them because I always attempt to, and then Lord knows where the hell I put it all. So I have a nice leather folder, and it goes in my leather carry bag. That you know, it'd be great. On the floor of my room. If the intern did it, that you know, that would be part of their portfolio. Um, so they they are lacking in that department. All right, well hit the hit the business and uh, let's wrap it up and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so as always, you guys can uh, hit us up at topdrawerpod at gmail dot com. Uh, make sure you follow us on our socials at topdrawerpod on Instagram at topdrawerpod on Twitter and topdrawerpodcast on Facebook. We do have a Patreon, uh, patreon dot com backslash topdrawer. Um, Again, we do the whole bit. We're trying to get merch out there. We, we were just in. We're, we're just talking with some people about uh, uh, different sites to use and trying to get into that. So we'll keep you posted as we go along with that. Um, make sure that you're subscribed on Apple Podcast to Top Drawer Podcast, um, following on Spotify, and and just generally subscribe to all all podcast platforms that you have available to you, whether that's Pandora, Apple, or any of the other ones. You know, you know the drill. All right. Well, we're uh, we're getting down to it where you know there's a lot of matches to be played, but it kind of feels like every three points is getting more and more critical as we go. Um, mm. We've got uh, European matches starting back up, which there are some new rules about uh, international travel uh, between England and and the other member nations of UEFA. Uh, so there's probably going to be some some details and some things that that come about with that. Um, hopefully, everything gets in. But you know, the schedule kind of lightens up in England. But for those still in Europe, it really kind of doubles down as well as the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, teams are going to have to uh, decide what's important and how to rotate. And hopefully, the injury bug stays away. And and I don't know. I, th- I think we'll start to see some shuffling at the top um, that we haven't seen in the past two months or so where it's kind of leveled out. I think, uh, I think it'll get turned upside down again here coming up, but until then I'm Adam, I'm Alex, and this is top drawer.